Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Food Heals Podcast, episode 209. Your health is your currency. So another reason to own your earning capacity is to own how you can take care of your physical state. All of you I know are very conscious of how you heal and care for yourselves. And you know that that takes money, not just necessarily because you wanna buy produce that is clean and has no GMOs and has no spraying on it and all that, but also because you buy your time. The more that you allow yourself to take time for yourself and take time to get in flow, the more that time will actually expand for you. If you're committed to love and you're committed to your practice and you're praying to expand time so you can do your healing work and your practical work simultaneously, you will be given all the resources that you need for that unfolding to be bestowed upon you. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. 
In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat in this dress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Allison Melody, and today is the last episode in our Spiritual Entrepreneur series. I truly hope that you have been joining it. We'll be back next week with some crazy cool conversations with people like nutritionfacts.org's Michael Greger, who actually did the entire interview on a treadmill. So podcast goals. <laughs> I gotta get I gotta get as cool as he is. We've got Carrie Kasem. Susie and I interviewed her. We're talking about diet, lifestyle, natural beauty tips. She's 45, but looks like she's 25. So again, goals. Goals of mine. These are people that I look up to and I really hope that you enjoy these conversations. We'll also be covering our vegan Italian getaway and feature some of our guests from the trip, and we'll talk about their experiences and what we did, and if you want to join us, we'll tell you how to do that too. So stay tuned for that. But today is really all about money mindset and creating a life around a business that lights your soul on fire. So first, we'll be hearing from Gabby Bernstein on some spiritual and practical tools to change the inner conversation about money, which will also thus change your outward financial reality, right? And then I'm talking to Lynn Taggart. She's a spiritual success and mindset coach for powerhouse women, someone who I truly adore. And I thought I would share my money story today because I truly believe that when it comes down to it, our self-worth is our net worth. Take that in for a second. Whatever stories we have made up about money and prosperity and abundance are creating the reality that we see in front of us when it comes to really how much is in our checking accounts. So maybe you heard as a kid, money is the root of all evil, or you heard money doesn't grow on trees. Maybe you were told or you felt like you weren't good enough or you learned to play small. And then today your business can't grow because a part of you is still holding on to that belief or you're in debt because a part of you is still holding on to these beliefs that are not really true when you look at them. These are just mantras that became ingrained in us as children. And if they're not healed and reframed, they can affect our entire adulthood. So I'm all about money mantras and changing that conversation and letting go of those misbeliefs around money and prosperity and abundance and deserving and knowing that I receive money joyfully so that I can further serve the world and there's no shame in that. But look, I know it sounds like I'm saying this is all easy, but it wasn't always this way for me. So let me just go back and share with you a little bit about my money story and the healing that I've personally done around it. So I feel like I really got into this around 2013. And in 2013, I truly had it all, you know, from the outside perspective. I was healthy. I was a card-carrying vegan. You know, I'm working out several times a week. I was at my goal weight. You know, I was looking good. I was feeling good. All that good stuff. Hi, Jackson and Charlotte. My dogs just ran in, so hopefully they won't bark. But if they do, it's just happening because Roxy's out of town, so I have to edit myself, and I don't feel like editing anything out. So that's what's happening tonight. All right. So in 2013, I had also graduated with a master's degree in spiritual psychology from the University of Santa Monica, which is really a school where you go and learn to love yourself and how to heal yourself from past trauma and help others heal. I was running this successful film production business. I was engaged to my current husband. So it's like 
I had the dream life going on from the outside. I looked good. I felt good. I was happy. I was engaged. I had a master's degree. Like things were going well, right? I hadn't started the podcast yet, so they weren't that epic. But I'm just saying, from the outside, things looked good. So why was I still miserable? Why was I miserable? Sure, I had it all on paper, but the truth was I had a secret. I was suffering from a deep depression, and that depression was so debilitating some days that I couldn't get out of bed. I could barely move from the bed to the couch. I wouldn't answer the phone. I wouldn't answer the door. I wanted to be left the F alone. But no one knew, because I was acting like everything was fine. My fiancé didn't know, okay? He was at work all day. He couldn't see how much time I was spending in bed or on the couch. My friends didn't know either because I would still get dressed up. I would show up for social occasions. I had my hair, makeup, and heels on, okay? I was projecting the outward reality that was not a reflection of my inner reality. My colleagues didn't know. I still would answer the emails. I would still answer the texts as if everything was running smoothly. I was able to run a business while going through this depression. This was my, really my shameful secret for a long time. And one day I was scrolling Facebook or some social media and I came across this article and it was about high functioning depression. And I got chills like reading about other people who are just like me. So this article said that oftentimes people who suffered from this condition were very rarely recognized or diagnosed because they didn't show any of the typical symptoms or fit into the stereotypes of depression, like withdrawing from friends, missing work, crying all the time, or acting hopeless. In fact, this article said that quite often people who suffered were high achievers in school and business and were the types who seemed to have it all. I still have chills because that was me. That was me. I was the type A that had it all together on the outside that was suffering deeply on the inside and no one had a clue, even the person that lived with me. Maybe my dogs knew. Charlotte and Jackson, did you guys know? They're looking at me like, what, mom? Food? No food. I'm just telling a story on the podcast. So I was like, blown away because I was like, this is me. I, I had it all. Why was I still suffering? So I really had to dig deep to get to the root cause of my sadness because, you know, like I said, I had been in the graduate school where I had learned that we create these misbeliefs about the world during times of trauma. And even after the trauma has passed, our beliefs often stay with us and form our worldview. And so I knew that even though I had graduated from the fancy spiritual psychology school, that there was more work for me to do. And so I set the intention that I was going to go deep and I was going to get to the root of this, right? I didn't want to be suffering anymore. And I wanted to be the happy person I was pretending to be, but I didn't want to pretend anymore. So it was exhausting. I had chronic fatigue because I was exhausted from pretending and exhausted from hiding, okay, from not sharing this. So I hit my meditation pillow. You know, that's one of the things that I've learned to do. And it's one of the things that has truly, truly served me, you know, um, to get out of a funk, to manifest something that I desire, to, to create something I'm excited about, to 
dig deep and find out what am I still holding on to? What is not healed that I kind of I thought was healed? I thought I got this, right? So I hit that meditation pillow and it was hard. I'm not saying it was easy, but I did it. I dedicated myself every morning. I was like, hit the pillow, just see what happens. Did a lot of writing. Journaling is a really, really good one. I always talk about write and burn. So through this process, I identified three core misbeliefs that had shaped my worldview and were holding me back from living a fully vibrant life. I realized that when I lost my mother to cancer and then my father to cancer and then all of my inheritance during the financial crash, which is something I haven't talked a lot about, but it's pretty devastating. When I lost everything, I made three beliefs about the world. No one will take care of me. The only person I can depend on is myself. The people that you love will ultimately leave you. This is why I was able to have a thriving business. I was motivated by the thought that no one will take care of me. I must take care of myself. So my type A personality could get into gear, get the business done, even while I was suffering and getting into debt to do it. This is why I was fiercely independent. I had to depend on myself for all of my needs, and I was not able to rely on anyone else, which is also why I was unhappy even while I was engaged, because I thought one day he will die and I will be alone again. Don't get too close. So I had all these beliefs that I had formed about the world. And my self-worth was suffering. And I could see the pattern of being in debt while running a thriving business. And it didn't make sense. It was so conflicting. I had grown up in a happy and loving household. My parents had loved me unconditionally. I always felt safe and taken care of. I didn't feel like there wasn't enough. I never felt like, um, you know, we always had food. I was always had clothes. I was well taken care of. And so when that safety net was ripped away from me, I lost mom, I lost dad, I lost all the money. I went into this fear-based mindset in order to cope. And even though by the time I was engaged in 2013, it had been 11 years, 11 years since I had lost my mother and six years since I had lost my father, those fears and those misbeliefs, they... They had become, you know, the driving force of my whole life. It was hard, traumatic. A part of me was holding on so tight to my story and my trauma, so tight, that I thought, if I let this go, I'm letting go of them, of their memory. If I let this go, I'm not honoring them, I'm not remembering them, and then I'll forget, which is crazy, because I will never forget them, and I'll never forget our memories, but it doesn't mean that I have to hold on to misery, and they wouldn't want that for me, I know they wouldn't, I can feel them here right now, and I know they don't want that for me, and so, yeah. I had to change those beliefs if I wanted to survive. (laughs) And even though I had already spent two years working on myself and really hard, by the way, like deep, deep work. And I worked on this trauma through that grad school program. And it was all about self-love, forgiveness, healing the past. There was still work to do. 
So whether it's our health, our relationships, our trauma, our money story, you know, whatever it is, there's always work that can be done. And healing is a practice. So when practiced daily, we can heal our bodies, our minds, and our spirit. And when we heal, we give others permission to heal themselves as well. So even though at that point I had been awakened to the fact that a healing miracle was possible, I hadn't actually understood that healing was an ongoing process. So once that realization fully sunk in and I was able to own the misbeliefs that I had created, everything began to shift. So that's why I do the podcast. You know, healing for me is about four components that all work synergistically together. This podcast is called Food Heals and food and diet and nutrition is one of the four components the way that I see it. You know, my four pillars of wellness are physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, and financial healing. And when all four are in harmony, our lives are balanced and vibrant and abundant, right? But when we're out of alignment on any of them, we're actually out of alignment on all of them. So I don't want to overwhelm anyone, but we just got to keep doing the work. So what does the work look like to you to change and reframe your trauma, your past, your misbeliefs, your childhood memories, right? How can we look at them from a place of love and not fear? How can we forge forward every day with positivity, love, and energy towards our goals? You know, when we talk about money mindset, which is kind of how I open this, my money mindset had to shift so I could keep that money that I was making, okay? Because I was making all the money, but I wasn't keeping it. I wasn't holding on to it. And that was because of my mindset. It wasn't because I wasn't making it. I was making it, but I couldn't hold on to it. So everyone's story is different. Some people can't make enough because their self-worth is too low, or they don't believe that they have the capability, or they don't think they deserve it, or their dad said money doesn't grow on trees, right? And so they now have adopted that mentality. Some people think rich people are bad or evil, right? So what are your money mantras? You know, let me know. Email them to me. Put them on the Facebook page or in the Facebook group at foodhealsgroup.com. Let's have a conversation about this. And so I share my story because I want you to know that I've recognized these misbeliefs so that I can delete them and I can shift my mindset. And it doesn't happen overnight, but sometimes you can have a shift so quickly that things turn around right away. I don't have any debt. I've shifted. I've changed. I'm abundant. I'm running the business of my dreams. I honor my parents and know that I can let go of the pain without letting go of their memory. I'm in a different place now, and I'm really proud of it, and I'm really happy. And I just want you to know that wherever you are, you can get out of it. You, if you're listening right now, you have the power to shift everything. All you have to do is believe that it's possible and do the work. So I hope that was helpful. I don't know if it made sense. I don't know if I'm going to listen back. We'll see. (laughs) But today is also the last day to sign up for Spirit Junkie Masterclass Digital. You'll learn a lot about, you know, it's a lot about what we've been talking about today and what we're going to talk to Lynn about. That's at spiritjunkienation.com. 
So I wanted you to hear an audio clip of one of Gabby's talks from the course that I personally love. It's from her talk about principles for running a spiritual business. She talks about money mindset and some tools that we can all use to create more abundance in our lives. Roll it, Roxy. When I first started off in this career, I was alone. Nobody was a life coach. No one was a health coach. We were all eating a lot of gluten. <laughs> and sugar. And coffee. We weren't breathing. This is, what happens is, is that there is a balancing. As things polarize in one direction, there's the light that will always balance that darkness. And that's the call that you have heard. Each of you have heard that call. You've seen what's happening in the world. You've empathized with what's happening in the world. You've held what's happening in the world. And all of that, that you've been holding and all that you have been experiencing sent you a little message, a loud message. It said, let's go. Shine bright. Go big. Now, in order to shine bright and go big, you got to be able to pay your bills. And not just pay your bills to the woman who was sitting over there the first night, not just pay your bills, but have money to take care of yourself, nurture yourself, love yourself, feed your family, give back to the world, and be fucking abundant, okay? And when we perceive money from a loving perspective, then money flows naturally. When money is love, money flows. When fear interferes, money is blocked. Money is energy, it is currency, it is you that is stopping the capacity to earn. Like I said, I have no issue whatsoever with you deciding that you're gonna charge a lower price point in the beginning because that's what energetically feels good to you. You could say, I'm new in my practice, I'm building my chops. But the most important thing is that you are in energetic alignment with the actual currency that you are putting forth. That is the most important thing. And so when I price things, I actually don't price things based on logic, I price things based on intuition. I've picked up on a lot of your fears. I've been witnessing your fears. And I've been seeing a lot of you where you are in this process. And I've been seeing this sense of, I don't know what to charge. I don't know where to start. How do I make money in this area? So today we're gonna to talk about creative ways for making money as a spiritual teacher. Here's the thing, we all have the capacity to have a quantum shift around money. I had one. The only reason I can say that is because I had one. I grew up in a household where I had parents and to this day they're heady about money, okay? And everything was, is there enough? We've got to find money for this. Our holidays were like all the cheapy stuff. You know, I think I've talked to you guys before about like my addiction to cheap shopping. And so that was ingrained in my being. There isn't enough. And so I was brought up with that. I kind of lived with that for quite a while. And then I was 19 years old. And I came home from college, my parents, my dad was living in the city at the time and my cousin was uh, uh, promoting nightclubs in this area. And he asked me if I wanted to promote a party. And I was like, cause he knew I had a lot of like cute young girlfriends. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll bring all my girlfriends to the party. He's like, okay, I'm gonna pay you. I was like, awesome. <laughs> and so he was paying me a percentage of the bar. And this is when I first learned how to negotiate. He's like, I'm gonna give you 10% to the bar. And I was like, well, who else is promoting this? 
He said, just you. I was like, I'd like 20%. <laughs> First gig, 20% of the bar. I made $1,000 that night cash. Quantum shift. In that moment, that experience, I know how to make money. From that day forward, I said, I know how to gather people, and I know how to make money. I have not been afraid of money since. Sometimes these things take longer, like, other, like I was talking about my codependency, that took a few, many years to get over, a recovery from addiction, many years. But the money thing, it was that we have the capacity for a quantum shift, I hold that for all of you. In all the areas of your life that are funky, I hold that for you. There is healing available to all of you. You have to do the work to heal it. But there also is a quantum shift available to you. Once you turn that corner and you, and you do the work and you heal and you get to that place where you're like, I know how to earn. I can earn. And even if that scary fear voice still comes in, you have a little bit more, um, I call it, so we call it sober reference in the 12 steps. You have like financial sober reference where you're like, hmm, I can earn. I can do this. That's, that's a new story that begins to start to come up in your life. That story starts to gather. It starts to send out a little vibration to the world that you're ready, that money is available, that you believe in abundance. This is big. And I know in these environments, we can speak about money in this way. And, and in some people will be like, oh my God, what the hell are you talking about? I just got to pay my freaking bills. But we know here that there is an experience of lack when we are in an experience of fear around our bills. There's a belief system of lack. There's a separation from love. There's a separation from source. Once again, that fear is a sure sign that you are relying on your own strength. I've had many money miracles in my life. Many money miracles, okay? Um, one instance, when I was first building my practice, it was like very hand to mouth. I was really, like, much like our friend, like I would kept getting what I needed because I was still in that vibration. Like, oh, I can get what I need. I'm always paying my bills. And then one month I got a little bit behind. I think I got about like $2,400 in like credit card debt. That was the only debt I've ever had, by the way. I, 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 like, I'm not, I'm not, and if you're in debt, we're gonna, that once again is just an energy thing that can be healed through your work. If you're in debt today, just be like, I, I love my debt. It's teaching me something. <laughs> I want you to own that, okay? I, it's teaching, it's my teacher. It's my teacher. <coughs> So I, I, that was, I had this little debt and it was scaring me because I, I saw my parents and I knew that story. I was like, I don't want that story. And so that fear did come back in. And so I started to pray and I was just on my knees every day. I was like, I do not know how I'm going to pay off this credit card bill, but I don't like carrying it and I really am praying for a miracle. Bring it, bring it, bring it. Consistent prayer, consistent prayer, consistent prayer. Around April or May, I get a check from the IRS. Very rare for $2,400. It turns out because my books were such a mess at the time, which we're gonna talk about today, my bookkeeping was such a mess at the time that I'd overpaid my taxes in January. I'd overpaid my quarterly estimated taxes in January and the IRS was holding a savings account for me to pay me back when I needed it. So if the IRS can fix your bills, anything can. <laughs> So believe, 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 know this. There are infinite possibilities for abundance, okay? So, so that's a big one. The other thing that I noticed, there was a big fear around transition. Anybody having fear around making the transition? Okay. Good. Yeah, it's like half the room. The big message about transition is that transition is bestowed upon you. If you're committed to love and you're committed to your practice and you're praying to expand time so you can do your healing work and your practical work simultaneously, you will be given all the resources that you need for that unfolding to be stowed upon you. 
to be bestowed upon you. I was, at the time, remember I was saying that I was representing these uh, PR businesses that were sort of health and wellness brands? One of them was a, a pretty famous um, health food, fast food restaurant. It wasn't really fast food, but it was a New York City brand that did healthy foods. And it was probably one of the first of its kind. And I was like, and they were paying me about $2,000 a month, which was covering at the time most of my hard bills. And so I was very reliant on that check. And then I started, at the, but I had a good, good groups coming in. I had private clients and I was really comfortable with that $2,000 a month. And I was like, okay, good. My private clients are putting into my savings or they're paying for my, my vacation or they're paying for the extra things. But there was this, you know, $2,000 a month that I was really relying on. And this was the best month I'd had PR-wise. I got them a TV segment, a feature in a glossy magazine, and a mention in the New York Post. It was a really, really big month. I mean, that was a lot of media for one month, okay? At the end of the month, I get a call from the client. And he's like, listen, I, I don't know why, but I feel like we're done. I feel like our time is up. I just can't really explain it. I know we had a good month. I know this was your best PR month ever. I just, I don't know why. I just feel like it's over. I think we're done with PR for a while. We need to just, just take a break. My first thought was panic. Oh God, where's that money going? And then my higher voice stepped in and said, this is being removed. This is setting me free. He didn't know why. There was no logical reason he was letting me go. He was setting me free. I watched Arielle go through many different transitions throughout her career, from, from the beginning of coaching her to the present. And every single time she'd randomly get fired from something, I'd be like, congratulations, you can start your business now. Congratulations. You know, what, what we're holding onto will be removed when it no longer serves us. The safety and security that you may be attached to, use it, trust it, be grateful for it. Like Joe said to me, be grateful for that. Be grateful that this is your VC to help you build your business as you step out. But do not be afraid when it is removed and trust and know that if it is removed in some strange way, that is the universe clearing space for you to step in fully. Own it. Okay, live, be in it. Just trust it. Be grateful for it. See that money coming in? Save that money that's coming in. This is my first practical tool for you today. Everyone, when you leave here this week, start a Capital One savings account. Okay, it was formerly ING, it's now Capital One. It gives you the highest interest on your savings. So if you have any money, even if it's $25 sitting in a Chase savings account, move it to Capital One, you get about 1% on your money. So if you're not investing your money yet, that's a, that's a one way to make a little bit of money on your money. And the thing is, it's more energy than anything. Actually, it's money. So like, who cares if it's $5 a year? Just take it, okay? Open a Capital One savings account immediately. And I would suggest that you move a portion of your income every month into that savings account. Maybe you move 10% of your income every month into that savings account. Maybe you're really feeling okay, you're moving 20% of your money into that savings account. The money that I moved monthly into the savings account, like I said, is my 401k now. There's energy in saving. So even if you're in debt, save. Even if you're in debt, the energy of putting money away for savings is helping you get out of debt energetically. Do you guys get that? Okay, so I'm talking like 100 bucks a week, 100 bucks a month, whatever you can swing where it doesn't feel uncomfortable. Remember, you wanna feel really good about whatever you do with your money. Feel good about how you spend your money, feel good about how you charge, feel good about how you save. And I'm not suggesting that you celebrate, actually, you know what, feel good about your debt. 
as long as you can see your debt, not as something that you want to get addicted to, but as something that you are learning from. Your debt is a learning device. If you feel bad about your debt, you create more debt. Bless your debt. Thank it for decreasing. Stay in an energy of trusting and knowing. And don't ignore your debt. So there's a balance between focusing on your debt from a fear-based place and completely ignoring it. There's a middle ground, okay? You can just be in a space where you're like, please show me what you'd have me learn from this. And thank you for, for decreasing. Thank you. Just say thank you for, for going away. But keep teaching me. Keep teaching me what I need to learn from this. Because once you learn the lesson, that's when the debt will disappear. Does that make sense? The, the, it's all, all of the things that happen in our life are a reflection of the lessons that we need to learn. So if that debt's there, there's a, there's a debt within. What is that that needs to be healed? So if you're in this space where you're like, oh, Gabby's done it, or Marie Forleo's done it, or Chris Carr has done it, or so-and-so has done it, or the girl sitting next to me has the same business idea that I had. Let me tell you something. We all have the same business idea in this room. <laughs> We're all in the same business. We're in the business of love, people. And there is plenty to go around. This room is far too small. That concept of there's not enough to go around, BS, that is a story you are telling. All of your financial experiences are based on a story that you're telling, a story of love or a story of fear. That's why I love Kate Northup's book title, Money, A Love Story. So how are you going to make money a love story for you? So one thing we talked about already, what does earning mean to you? Money means to me that I can pay for a book tour every year and go to multiple cities and not earn anything. I go probably either break even or go out of pocket for my book tours. But why? One, because I've got to spread the gospel of Gabby. If I don't, I will die. And I know I take that very, very seriously. Like what it is that if we are not fulfilling that work within us, if we are not owning that energy within us, then we are not alive. And mine is an untethered force of light. So what I need that money for is to give me freedom to spread that gospel, to make money with it or not make money with it or lose money with it because this is my passion and it is my mission. I am on mission. All of you are on mission. And that money supports your mission. You can do whatever you want with that money. I just don't want that money to be fearful for you. There's always plenty to go for. Some of you, abundance is I want and I vision a multi-million dollar business because what that means to me is thousands of people in an auditorium. What that means to me is plenty of people for scholarships. What that means to me is employing hundreds of people. What that means to me is giving back in multiple ways. What that means to me is that I can serve and heal myself. Your health is your currency. So another reason to own your earning capacity is to own how you can take care of your physical state. All of you I know are very conscious of how you heal and care for yourselves. And you know that that takes money, not just necessarily because you want to buy produce that is clean and has no GMOs and has no spraying on it and all that, but also be, and not because you want to buy your green juices and go to SoulCycle, but also because you buy your time. You know, tomorrow, I'm not working tomorrow. Well, not that much, but I won't be working much tomorrow so that you know, on Tuesday I can go back to work. I bought myself the time. Okay, two weeks ago I was on vacation for two weeks because I needed to buy that time so I could prep for now. Okay, so that, that the time is your currency. Buy the time. You, your money is your time. Okay, I want to talk now about how do you put a price on your time? How perfect was that? So 
Like I said, God shows you and you need to be energetically aligned with your price tag. Let's say this event was $2,000 or $0. It doesn't matter. You were coming because of the energetic vibration. You're becoming because of your recognizing your commitment to your mission and my commitment to my mission. Do you get that? This is an exchange. Money is an exchange. So let's talk about money and love. A Course in Miracles teaches us that money is not neutral. And so the Course teaches that there are no idle thoughts. It's either fear or it's love. So it's the same for money. It's either fear or it's love. And so you're either in fear or love with your money, and when your work is revolved around love, then money flows. And the thing that happens is if you're in fear around money, you energetically block it. So I want you to just look at your money relationship from two perspectives, not all these like dimensional layers of this happened here or this happened there. And I want you to see where is the fear and where does there need to be more love. And as you infuse that love into the work, then your business is no longer about how many clients do I have, how much money is in the bank, how many people like my page. Your business is about love. And love is contagious. Love is a magnet. Love is attractive. Love is what multiplies for you. And love is the only currency. Now, this is super important. When you are in a place where you are not getting your needs met, when the money that you need is not coming in, and you feel you are not being supported, it is because you have disconnected from your connection to spirit. You have forgotten your greatest source. You have forgotten your greatest source. You're relying on your own strength. Okay, so prayer, deep prayer. Even if you don't believe in that prayer yet, read that higher power statement. Get that juju going. The prayer can't be, give me the cash. <laughs> the prayer needs to be, show me how I can show up. Show me creative possibilities for abundance. Show me what I need to pay this bill. And sometimes it will come in the form of the check from the IRS, and that's a little less effort. But sometimes it'll come in a voice that says, go create that digital product. Or like my friend, the therapist, go call that Gabby Bernstein. See if she has advice for you. And you know, she called me and I said, oh, I like what you're doing. I want your help too. And it was such an even exchange, right? Or it says, how can I serve that person that I'm going to learn from? That voice will tell you a creative idea. You know what doesn't talk to you creatively? Your stupid ego. <laughs> your loving ego that teaches you lovely lessons. Um, it doesn't speak to you in creative possibilities. But in order to create abundance, we must believe in creative possibilities. And so we must create that connection. And the number, if you leave here with only one lesson, this is the only thing you leave with, that my business, my romance, my finance, my body, my life is a reflection of my spiritual condition and my spiritual relationship. And if my spiritual relationship isn't first and isn't strongest, then everything else will be leaky. If that's the only tool you walk away with, then I have done my work. Your number one job is to love, nurture, honor, and grow your spiritual relationship. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. You know, when Gabby speaks, I'm usually quite mesmerized by her words. And sometimes it feels like she's just speaking 
just to me. So I just really resonate with all of her teachings, her courses, her books. They've really made a difference in my life. And I think it's primarily because I have trauma and it's helped me navigate through some of that because as much of what a part of me is what I've gone through and my trauma and my sadness, I also have a big vision for my life. I'm also on such a mission to help people. And what her courses have done for me have truly given me permission, permission to say, I am good enough. The world needs my gifts. The world needs my teaching. So I have to stand up and be exactly who I am and be abundant and unapologetic in that space. So that's really what it's done for me. So today it's the last day, the last day we're going to talk about this and the last day to sign up for Spirit Junkie Masterclass Digital. You can go to spiritjunkienation.com and you'll see all the bonuses that we are offering you, that I am offering you. So let me go through some of the things you're going to learn in the course should you decide to take it. You're going to learn how to create multiple revenue streams. You're going to learn how to write and publish a best-selling book from a best-selling author. No one better to teach you that, right? How to create profitable digital courses, how to create webinars that convert, how to create buzz and manifest media for your message, how to turn a blog into a business, how to create a soulful marketing action plan, how to share your story as a transformational speaker, a public speaker. So all of these things are taught in the course, but they're taught from not a salesy perspective, but from really a place of love and what's your intention behind what you're doing and how can you better show up and better share it so people can receive it. And I think that's really important part of the course that I've learned. And it's really helped my business personally. It's helped my personal life. After taking Spirit Junkie Level 1, the Food Heals podcast download numbers doubled. So we got more listeners, which is incredible, more people to share our message to. I started getting press coverage in major media outlets that I had never had before. Started being asked to be in video and audio and be interviewed on other people's podcasts and get on TV and get on YouTube and all of these things that weren't happening before. Magazine coverage, blog coverage, none of that existed for me before. So that was really incredible. And it's just because I opened myself up to the possibilities and then took strategic action steps to make it happen. I consistently get invited to major events. I get press passes. Sometimes I'm paid to be there. Sometimes I'm a paid speaker. So that's been great. Um, And I've been asked to speak at incredible events and conferences in the United States, in Europe. I'm, you know, I spoke at Lynn's event. I think I've mentioned a few times, High Vibe Live. And that was a direct result of the fact that we were both spirit junkies. So there's incredible connections that can happen. Um, I've twice been named an icon of influence. So that was a great honor, 2017 and 2016. I got my Hay House book deal, working on two books right now. Very, very excited about that. And I can't wait to share more with you when the time comes. And now I'm leading wellness retreats in Italy, probably Mexico. I have a lot more to share with you. We're going to share our story of what happened in Italy and all of the Wonderful people who were there are going to share their impressions, and there's already multiple podcasts about their experiences, so I will have one for you ready soon. But now I'm a a retreat leader. I couldn't even imagine this life for myself. Just two, three years ago, none of this existed. This has all happened because of the course. I can directly attribute the fact that I've taken spiritually aligned action steps from this course. 
So if you're interested, I'll just go through the bonuses and then we'll get to our interview with Lynn. You can sign up spiritjunkienation.com. We've got $1,999 worth of bonuses if you enroll today, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, enroll by 6 p.m. Gabby's got $3,500 of bonuses in addition to our bonuses. So that's like $5,500 worth of content almost. So for me, I'm going to give you my podcast, Greenlight Marketing and Monetization Success Strategies Digital Course. I'm going to give you six powerful guided manifestation meditations. They are read and written by Susie Hardy, favorite co-host of the Food Heals podcast. She's going to teach you how to remove creative blocks and find divine inspiration, attract abundance into all areas of your life, and to release anxiety and finally find peace. Those are just three of the six. So there's three more. You're also going to get a one-on-one coaching call with Laura Peterson. She's the founder of Copy That Pop. She's an author. She's got two really, really good books. And so you're going to get a solid hour of customized help for you on anything you want around a book that grows your business. She can talk about self-publishing. She can talk about how to get on a bestseller list, Amazon, all that good stuff. You're going to get the Creative Wealth Digital Course with Eco Vegan Gal, Whitney Lauritsen. So you're going to learn financial strategies along with other like-minded wellness entrepreneurs who want to earn abundantly doing what they love. You're also going to get six months access to the Food Heals VIP Club, never before heard podcast on holistic health, spirituality, and business. So we've got all kinds of business stuff, how to create engaged and profitable Facebook groups, all the way to emotional freedom technique and tapping trauma away. So it really covers wellness, spirituality, and business. You're also going to get the exclusive VIP Lululemon swag bag shipped right to your door with organic vegan health and beauty products. There's two live training calls with Gabby. The first one's going to help you clarify your vision and clear the obstacles holding you back. And the second will get you into action. And action is what it's all about once you clear those blocks, right? You're also going to get the Spirit Junkie Business Basics digital program. And she really created this with her team of business pros. So you're going to get everything you need, contracts, negotiating tools, insurance information, and more. You're also going to get God is My Publicist digital course with Gabby herself, the PR queen, where she's going to demystify publicity and marketing for you. You're going to get lifetime access to the community. It's a Facebook group where I have personally collaborated with people. I've had them on the podcast. I've been on their podcast. We have done business ventures together. We have gone out and gotten coffee. We have cried together. It's really a safe space where you can meet like-minded people. So that's been really, really nice. And people that support you. It's always good to have people that support you when you might be doing something that your friends and family don't understand. So that's really valuable to me. So if you want to join spiritjunkynation.com, next up, my interview with Lynn. Lynn is a spiritual success and mindset coach for powerhouse women. Welcome, Lynn. Hi, Ali. How are you? I'm so good. It's so good to hear your voice. Thanks for waking up early for me. Yay. It's my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) So I'm in LA and it's 10 p.m. And tell us where you are and what time it is. I'm in Ireland and it's 6 (laughs) a.m. Well, I appreciate you waking up. I don't know if I would have been able to wake up for a a 6am call. So I appreciate you. And I'm so glad to have you here. Well, thank you for having me. I'm definitely a morning girl. So it's no problem to get up just and and yeah, it's easier for me at this time. (laughs) Yeah, rather than 10pm. I'm full of energy. I feel great at 10pm. So we're we're matching up perfect. We're very aligned. I love it. (laughs) I know. 
So um, for anyone who doesn't know, we're good friends. We've done a lot of cool entrepreneurial things together, but tell everyone who you are and what you do. Yeah. So I'm Lynn Tiger. I am, like Ali said, I'm a spiritual success and mindset coach, and I've been working with spiritual entrepreneurs for the last couple of years. Um, I love to deep dive into the inner work, the deep inner work that most people avoid doing, <laughs> the spiritual, the mindset, the energy work so that your business is even more successful. Um, and yeah, it's all done. I do everything virtually. So my clients are global. I've also done a few in-person things, which is kind of exciting because there's a lot more energy there. And it's always um, evolving, which is the really nice thing about, you know, being a mentor. It's kind of like I'm guided to go wherever. I just love watching that evolution and that transformation. Beautiful. Yeah. And we met because we have the same mentor and we are both graduates of Spirit Junkie Masterclass Levels 1, 2, and 3. (laughs) (laughs) That was exciting. Yes, it was so much fun. You and I got to go to New York and have such a fabulous experience. We did the Sex and the City tour of New York City. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wish we could go back. I know. It was so great. And then we did our mastermind with Gabby Bernstein. And then you invited me to one of the best events I can seriously say I've ever been to. It was so beautifully done. The women that were there were such wonderful people. The setting was gorgeous. We were in Ireland at the most beautiful hotel and spa. Tell me about that event and how you're doing events these days to really further your business and help other women. Because I thought that was fabulous. And I was just like, how can I do this in my life? Wow. Thank you for saying that coming from you. That means a lot. So I knew that I was going to step into doing online work. In fact, it was really from the one of the Spirit Junkie Masterclasses when I spoke with Gabby B and she had said to me, like, your work is more in person. It's about workshops. And to be honest, I completely freaked out because I wasn't ready to be completely visible and public and all of that. But very long story short, I booked the date. So I went to the venue I knew where I wanted it to be. I booked the date, held the date, paid the deposit, and then had an inner meltdown because Mm. I had no idea what it was going to be about how long it was going to be, all of the the logistics and then the content. But honestly, I just kept taking the next step and it all came together, you know, so perfectly. And people did come, you know, my biggest fear was nobody being there or booping on the content. And I had so many fears that I had to really work through to get to that point. But honestly, like the energy was incredible for the couple of days. I really find that I was able to go a lot deeper with people in person. Like when they were taking time away from their busy schedule to come to somewhere like that and be away from their families and they were able to really focus on themselves. And so life wasn't getting busy, life wasn't getting in the way. The work was, you know, so much faster. The transformation was deeper that they were able to start and integrate some of the practices that I was teaching there and then. And it was so interesting because people that had been stuck for months and maybe even years were suddenly moving 
away from this place of fear or not being able to charge their worth or, you know, feeling really scared about being visible to suddenly like doing this thing that had held them back massively there and then they didn't even wait until they got home some people were selling in the room and increasing prices and there was a massive shift that happened for a lot of people that was kind of a sign for me that I was in alignment that there was something in my energy that matched their energy when we were together and so that has led me then to think about more in-person things you know I want to create something like that again it just was it took a lot of preparation so I Mm -hmm. think something like that for me once a year is enough but we've done a few smaller ones I'm just back from London and we did a lovely evening over there and there'll definitely be more you know day retreats and workshops coming up yes and I loved it so much it was such a great experience thank you for having me and thank you for inviting me to speak to your tribe because they were all so wonderful, such lovely ladies that you really brought to the table and they did have shifts in the room. And you're such a force that helps people shift and move into who they are truly meant to be. But you had to make that shift for yourself. And so can you take us back and let us know a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, surely. And I had to make a lot of big shifts. Like my biggest fear was public speaking. So even Mm -hmm. for me to get on and, and do something like that and do Facebook lives, you know, every other day of my business is massive. And people, people who just like find your Facebook group or, you know, a video or whatever, they think that you've always done that. But for me, that wasn't the case. And so I've been self-employed since I was 23. I ran my own clothes shop, which was totally different. Obviously I was in the, the fashion industry. I had always been in the the buying end the back end but had never been in the forefront of retail so I transitioned into that very naturally and just knew I was never going to work for somebody else I had really big dreams and goals and I didn't want to have to work hard and I was so wrong about the fashion industry to be honest because that was really hard work but I then I ran that shop for eight years I had got married had kids in between and was feeling really stressed, really burnt out, and didn't love anything, really. Like, I had these amazing kids. We live in a gorgeous farm. I should have been really grateful and really happy, but the truth was I was miserable all the time. I was snapping at my husband. I just couldn't um, take time out for me and enjoy being in my own company or enjoy being with the kids. It was a lot of kind of, you know, just anxiety and what am I doing? And actually, I contemplated giving up the shop for quite a while. And I think that was a real energy suck. So eventually I made the decision. Well, I didn't actually make the decision because I was in such a bad place. My husband made the decision and said, look, we need to close this. It's not working the kids need you and why don't you just give it up? So we we wind that business down quite slowly. I, you know, became a stay-at-home mom, which scared the life out of me because I was (laughs) so used to being out and kind of not having time for myself and being really independent financially. And so everything shifted. I would say it didn't really hit me. Like I had all these feelings of being a failure and not being good enough. And I really didn't start to do any self-development work until about six months later. 
it was just kind of by accident. I fell into network marketing and honestly, it was just for something to do for me. Within there, I started to really absorb a lot of information, audios, podcasts, books, you name it. I was, you know, just reading and and listening to all of these things. I started to realize I was a really negative person and that I could shift some of that by changing my language and thinking more positively. And I started to know about the law of attraction and manifestation. I would say about a year later, I fell across a Facebook ad for my coach who I still work with today. So that was October 2015. That was for a coaching program. And so I didn't even know there was this huge coaching industry across the world, especially in America. Mm-hmm. Within the network marketing business, I was doing a lot of that. I was getting on Skype calls and Zoom calls with team members and other team members, coaching a lot and mentoring a lot of women together. And so I kind of like had this aha moment where, wow, this is a thing. I could actually make some money doing this, be at home with the kids and work on me, which I had noticed had really started to shift things for me. So it was kind of that combination. And the really naive thing is that I started this coaching program and didn't really think I'm going to be a coach. I just thought it was for growth for like this kind of internal work that I was going to do on me I didn't know I was going to come out with a full-blown business at the end of it so that was the start of the the coaching business I literally fell across Gabby B's work very quickly like it was there and then it was October 2015 I knew that she was going to be somebody that I was going to work with I I set that intention and the rest just kind of unraveled, not not quickly. It, it's been a slow journey for me, but it just unraveled beautifully. Like I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, meeting women like you and travel, like I, I traveled to America. I'd, I'd hardly ever been anywhere before. And I suddenly had all of these trips back to back last year and the year before. So it's been a really incredible journey, not to mention the people and the community and just the energy is so different in the online world than what it was ever in retail for me. Well, I love your story, Lynn, and I know so many people can relate to it. And um, one of the things that you say is that you help people create a soulful online business and be unapologetically abundant. And so how do you get from being apologetic and fear-based to being unapologetically abundant? I think that's just so beautiful. This is actually a really loaded question. Um, and I know that's what I do kind of, you know, on that bird's eye perspective, but it takes time. So it's not something that we do overnight. So I'm working with my clients kind of three months, six months, um, sometimes longer, but I really believe that whenever people are in full alignment, and what I mean by that is that they're tapped into their soul. So they're not looking at the outside world, seeing what everybody else is doing, and then going, I should do that. Or they're not following some, you know, real strategic plan for their business. It's kind of like they know in their, their deepest soul what it is that they're here to do. And so when they know that and they feel it, of course, the resistance comes up. But I really see, you know, my job is kind of helping them to clear the path. Every time that there's a block, every time there's a fear or they think I can't charge for this. So a lot of kind of soulful spiritual people think that they they have this belief that because they were born with a gift that they shouldn't charge. 
And so I'm kind of helping them to undo a lot of these belief systems that they've grew up with, that society, you know, has helped them to form. And we're taking it back to the reality. And the reality is that we live in a very abundant universe and that when they're tapped into that energy and they use that as fuel for their business, it's okay to charge. It's okay to go out there and, you know, put a a dollar price on your program and increase your prices. This is like, them having to step into this so they start off you know charging a certain amount of price but over time they're able to really own the energy behind that and realize that in order for them to charge more they need to create more space and have these energetic boundaries in place really honor themselves for their gift and the work that they're here to do I know for me that really looked like not being in the hustle and not being so busy all the time that you feel that burnout and that stress. My aim is to get people into flow. When they're in flow and when they're in that alignment, they get the ideas which are going to make the money. They are able to move easier and navigate the fears from a place of love. They're always going to be there, but it's kind of like, how can we move forward today knowing that that fear is going to be there, but it gets smaller And so it's really enabling them to stay true to their vision, helping them to realize that the vision is the driver. And so if they were successful tomorrow, they would probably not want to at all. They would run a million miles because energetically, they're not a match for the success, for the money, the freedom, the travel, whatever success is for them. And so this is kind of a very slow process of me setting them up to have this really deep rooted success, allowing them to move even closer to the vision, you know, them being lined up for that and not running the other way. Yeah. <laughs> and it's such a deep process. I mean, there's so many things that come up that could take them out. There's a lot of people that don't survive in the online world because their fears really take over and I see it as you know giving them the tools and resources and practices which are spiritual which are energetic which are mindset which are going to allow them to deal with the the stuff as it comes up for them and that's them becoming really empowered and owning what it is that you know they're here to do and just really navigating their way through that yeah and I love something that you said which is about the difference between hustle and flow. And I am in both. I love both. But I know for myself, if I get stuck in the hustle and the busyness, it's not truly serving me. And it actually prevents me from getting into flow. And flow is when the ideas come to you. Flow happens when you're meditating or when you're in the shower when you're alone and quiet or listening to music or really inspired by something. So can you talk a little bit about some tips to help people get into flow? Like what do you do to get into flow? Mm, Okay. So it's going to look different for everyone. So I kind of say to people like, you need to find out what it is for you. And some of those things you mentioned are great. Now the, the big blocker in the beginning is I don't have time. I'm a mom, all of these excuses. So the key when you start is to drop the excuse, you know, just block out a small amount of time. It doesn't have to be a full day away or half a day. It literally is 10 minutes in the morning and just get started. And so for me, it is this time of morning. It's when the kids are sleeping, hubby's in bed. You know, I can ignore all the things that need done. 
I've been able to kind of train myself to get up early and create that space because if I waited and did it later in the day, life's in the way, the kids are in the way, it just doesn't happen. And so for me, I have, you know, a morning practice and that's my space for getting in flow. And I do breath work, I use essential oils, I'm setting intentions. What I love to do is just find that thing in the morning that I feel drawn to do. And sometimes it's yoga and sometimes it's a hip training um, it's intuitive writing. There's a lot of different things. If I find myself going to that place of being so in my mind that I don't, I'm not getting anything done. I'm just, you know, so busy and overwhelmed that actually my productivity levels drop. That's mm-hmm. whenever I'll really just stand up away from the laptop and go and do something that is totally non-work related. And sometimes it's just going outside and having a walk or like you said, listening to music, putting on a podcast. It's, it's getting out of your own head because when you're in your own head, you can't connect. I think it's key that a lot of people don't honor themselves enough to do that. And so this boundary of having enough self-love for yourself and honoring yourself enough that you do want to stay in flow is crucial. What happens is your productivity levels actually go up. Your belief in your ability to attract and manifest the things that you truly desire um, becomes way faster and you will start to see really rapid shifts in everything. Yeah. And I love the manifestation process. Can you talk about what you do to manifest, whether it is to manifest more time, more clients, more money, more joy? Can you talk about that process? Yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, my biggest hang up was I don't have time. And actually, as I have become more aligned with the law of attraction and all the universal laws and and manifesting, time has expanded. I've never had so much free time or time for myself and I think all right how do we do that I need that one right now (laughs) yeah because like there is the you know people think time we all have the same time and so it's so true all the big gurus have exactly the same time as what we have and the more that you allow yourself to take time for yourself and take time to get in flow the more that time will actually expand for you and so you'll start to feel more spacious this is an energetic piece as well so like in our body we're going to feel really heavy and maybe in pain and under pressure when we you know we think we don't have enough time but actually whenever you start to really tune in at deeper levels you'll suddenly feel more expansive and the the energy doesn't stay as stagnant in your body and so there's things that you can do to help really release that and you know movement and breath work and oils and crystals and all of that will start to really raise your vibration so a lot of it is that energy piece but when it comes to manifestation there's a process that I you know will use over and over again the first thing is like you're going to get an idea like you said you're driving the car you're in the shower you get a desire or an idea to launch something or you know you want to work on something in your life and business don't ignore that you know a lot of women especially will say I don't deserve that there's no chance I could ever do any of that. They almost suffocate the desire. But when you have that desire, recognize that and just tune into it and say, like, why is that coming up? What would that look like for me? So one of mine is to, you know, be somewhere hot 
as much as possible because Ireland is so cold and I know that my vibration raises phenomenally when I'm in a hot country so mm-hmm. if I say to myself like how could that happen okay so I'm not going to move but how can I be in a hot environment x number of times a year what would that actually look like start to explore the desire because when you do that you start to then open up this kind of box of ideas and that's whenever it gets more exciting it's really asking, so declaring to the universe, like, I want this to happen. This is an intention that I want to bring into my life. And when you do that, you're kind of planting that seed, you're putting it out there. And because the universe is, you're kind of lining up and saying, okay, I want this, the universe will start to deliver. And so you need to be aware of the signs. You need to start to look for the things around you. Maybe there's somebody's name that you should go and speak with. Maybe there's an invitation that you get. Yeah, so all of those things and just let those signs kind of be in your environment, if you like. If you're too busy, you won't see the signs or you won't hear the signs. So that's really important. And then the next stage is to allow. And what the allowing looks like is becoming a vibrational match for the desire. And so quite often these things, if you think about a lottery winner and, you know, they win massive amounts of money and then they lose it all, it's because they weren't a vibrational match. Their energy wasn't the frequency to be able to receive and hold on to that money. And there's so many stories of lottery winners who have lost it all. And there's stories of people who have hit the lottery more than once and lost it all. (laughs) Definitely. And it's all down to, you know, that container that you become to be able to hold on to the desire. And so you might not be able to build a seven-figure business this year But what you would want to do if that was your desire is move closer towards that and start to really almost prove to the universe that you can hold on to money or you can make money and you understand the flow of money and how it works and all of that. So you're kind of like practicing the thing that you want to desire. And for some people, they're not caught up in the resistance. So any resistance would come in and almost decrease the vibration and make you lower vibe and when you're lower vibe it's harder to receive but what I look for is the things that are really going to raise my energy and move me towards the desire it's amazing then how the manifestation unfolds so it could be the exact thing that you're looking for it could be very close to you or it could actually be beyond the thing that you were desiring yeah I love it when that one happens (laughs) definitely Can you give us some examples of some things that you've been able to manifest with this process or that your clients or friends have? Yeah, gosh, there's so many. But one of the big ones for me was having Gabby Bernstein as my mentor on YouTube. Literally one Sunday, I heard the voice like when when you're with Gabby, you're in your truth. That got me on this path of exploring. Like, why did I hear that? What's that about? And so that for me looks like then, you know, working with her in person in New York and I set that intention and I had this visualization of being in the same room as her and her being at the front of the room and her kundalini whites and me being at the back of the room and really learning and absorbing from her as a teacher. And so anybody else would have said there's not a chance that can ever happen. You know, it's Gabby B. She doesn't do events like this. Who are you to travel from Ireland all the way to New York? All those excuses. And I did hear them, but I choose 
not to be in the excuse. I choose to be in the belief that I would be in that room with her. And had I never been in the room, the belief was enough for me to move towards that manifestation and start to attract really, really amazing things my way and other, you know, spiritual teachers and healers and and clients and all of that. And I've seen this from the clients. I've seen clients move country. I've seen them create these amazing businesses and be opened up to having a book deal and launching their podcasts and doing all of these things that they literally said to me in the beginning, this is what I want to do, but they didn't believe it. Um, they, yeah. there's a massive gap between saying what you want to do and actually having the belief so that it becomes your reality. And I get it, like their, their ideas and inspiration, it's enough to excite them, but it's not real in the beginning until they're actually taking the steps to bring it into reality. Yeah, I mean, this is so my story too, because I've been doing the Food Heals podcast now for um, almost three years. Mm -hmm. Uh, just over two and a half. And it was an idea for an entire year before I put it into action. Wow. And I'm a pretty good manifester. But when I can't manifest, it's because I'm holding myself back with self doubt. Who are you to start a podcast? Who's gonna listen to you? Okay, these are the doubts that crept up in my head. An idea that started a year before didn't go into fruition until almost a full year later. Imagine if I had started even sooner because this has completely changed my life, changed my career trajectory. I've gotten to do so many things I never would have gotten to do. I have a platform of people who do care about what I have to say and do care about what my guests have to say. I have been on stages and speaking and I've got book deals and I've got all of these things happening because I decided to get behind a microphone, speak my truth and interview others. And I did manifest that, but I could have done it sooner had I gotten out of my own way. Mm, That's beautiful. And I think that's going to inspire a lot of people that have that idea, but have never took action. Yeah. And like now I'm in the same process again where I'm writing two books, which I know you're supposed to do one at a time, but I keep having inspiration for both. So I just go back and forth, which I know is not the most productive way to be. Um, But I do think that I am manifesting this book into fruition, both books. But if I was able to focus on one and not split my focus, I would be able to manifest the completion of that a lot faster. So sometimes I go, is this actually serving me or is this an, another excuse that I'm putting in my way? Well, I'm working on two, so I can't finish one, you know? And I like to question myself and I like to ask myself those questions and I don't always have the answers, but what do you say about focus? And if we focus on one thing, will we become successful in that one thing? Is it okay to split our focus between a bunch of things? I would say that if it feels aligned, so like you said, you know, you're writing the two at the same, it's those inspired action and inspired action comes in the moment, we can't force it. And so for you, it could be that, you know, what you're writing in one book then becomes a new idea for the other book. And what I would say is that if it feels like it's getting um, in the way, or you sense that you're stressed about it, then pull back and just say, is this, does this make me feel expansive? Like what you might do is eventually put one of the books to the side 
yeah. and then just blitz the other one, get that finished, published, launched, all of that, because that might make you feel more expansive. And then you might learn from that process rather than, you know, put the two out there together at the same time. So that question, does it make me feel expansive is what I'm asking myself all the time whenever I'm in the doing or, or the action. I love that. Does it make me feel expansive? And there are so many things I do that I can just say yes to right away, but there are a lot of things I'm still doing that I say no to, to that question. And so I love trying to figure out how to stop doing the things that don't make me feel expansive and really are taking away from what I can create in the world, taking away from my creativity and taking away from my joy. So I'm all about outsourcing as much as possible. But it's also sometimes hard for us to let go of control. So, you know, once we've created something and we've got something going, whether it's our coaching program or um, a digital course or a book out there or a podcast or a video series, what happens is we expand and then there's more work that comes (laughs) along with that. And so how do you help your clients navigate through that and the extra work that comes from it? And some of the work, of course, is joyful, but some of it is not. So I'm all about outsourcing, but how do we let go of control of parts of our business in order to outsource? What's your advice? Yeah, it's really recognizing that that thing that is holding you back is, you know, if you outsource it and you stay in your zone of genius and you stay in alignment with what it is that you're here to do, especially, you know, people that find that they want to be the CEO of a business, well, you need to really stay in your own lane and Also, there's people out there that when you outsource that thing, you're giving them their gift. They're really good at it. They love it. Um, And it's you being able to recognize that there will be growth when you just say no to the things that are sucking the life right off you and call in. You know, I use my spiritual practice to call in the people and the help and the assistance that I need. And then you're trusting that you're being guided. You're trusting that that person is being sent to you to do that piece of work that actually is you know really taken away from the thing that you should be doing and it's not easy I get it there's a lot of things that you know I want to stick with in my business that actually I could outsource but at the minute it brings me joy I'll do it until the point where realistically I don't have the time or it just feels too much of a chore to have to do it so there's kind of that place where you'll want to do it yourself in the beginning and then there just comes a very natural point where you will want to give it away. Yeah, that's so true. And you and I were both spirit junkies. We both, like I said earlier, have done spirit junkie masterclass levels one and two. And then we did a level three that she only does once in a while. It's not official level three, but it was really a beautiful mastermind. But can you tell me like, what shifts have you had since level one all the way to level three? What shifts have occurred for you? in your life, emotionally, in your business, all that good stuff? Oh my goodness, there was so much. So level one, I did digitally. Just with being in Ireland, you know, I saw it was digital and I thought, yeah, I'm going to do that. That's going to be really easy for me to do. I was literally on the wait list for almost a year. I was in the closet being spiritual like I was the one who didn't talk about it nobody in my family knew that I was meditating and bringing in all of these practices and so that was kind of the the permission that I needed to come out 
it's so funny because the month that I did digital, I'd kind of been having a trickle of clients. So I'd launched in February of that year. I'd had a trickle of clients, but it was nothing. I hadn't gained momentum at all. And the month that I did digital, it's as if I was given the UK to talk about being spiritual. I had the most amazing month in business. I sold four coaching programs at 1997 had a five-figure month the following month and so I got into momentum so quickly off the back of that it just was kind of like you know somebody on the other side of the world understood the type of business that I wanted to have and she helped me to navigate through all of those doubts and fears I just put myself out there and started to talk about it wow that's incredible (laughs) that you had such a quick shift I'm so impressed that's awesome it was crazy but I had kind of been working up to that and so the work I had been doing was on me And then when I declared to the universe, hey, I'm ready to do this with other people, that's what they had been waiting on me for. I'm certain of it. Level two was live in Massachusetts in New York. And that was a really big deal for me. That was kind of the start of my travel. And I had no idea how I was going to get there. But honestly, everything lined up. When I was there, I had, you know, I learned really amazing things. I learned what it was like to hold space for people. I think that was really important. Gabby held us in this container for those yeah. few days and she was super powerful. I really learned how to do that. I remember thinking at the time I was going for me, like I was learning all of these amazing things. But like literally the very end of Masterclass 2, I had the, the voice that said you were here for your clients. And so a lot of the work that we had done in Masterclass 2, my clients hit me with when I came home. So we were talking about the trauma. We were talking about the really deep inner work. That gave me the platform to be able to go out there and serve my clients on a a deeper level. So that was a huge shift that I never thought I was going to be able to do. It just wasn't in my world at all. Up until that point, it was kind of the, the surface level stuff. But that's whenever my work started to go even deeper. Then level three was magical, like just sitting at Gabby's kitchen table with the most amazing people. We were from all corners of the world and that was just... Loved it, I know. Magical. It was was truly unreal and it was a lot of fun. And what I loved there was like we got Gabby's attention on our business and she was able to see for us. She's highly intuitive. She was literally able to see for us what was going to be right for our business you know, what our clients wanted. And she helped me put together an entire program that day, which I still have, um, which has been really successful. So again, that was another pivot point, another shift for me of combining the, the spiritual and the business. Incredible. And I love these stories. I mean, it really is just such a testament to what we can do if we decide to And we can co-create with the universe anything that we want. And one of the reasons that I love Spirit Junkie Masterclass Digital is because we can watch those courses over and over again. And so, you know, you're saying you had the five-figure month. Do you ever watch it again to then have a 10-figure month or something like that? I actually watched it every Sunday. So, you know, it became my little um, church, if you like, where I would have went into the, the, the member site and literally hit play. And it was whatever I was guided to listen to. And 
I, you know, really wanted to reinforce a lot of this work. And that was a really, really good way of doing it. So, and the thing is, like, we get that content updated. So there's going to be something new every year. Also, I just think that it's, we need to remember our roots, we need to go back and make sure that the foundation is still strong. And so for me, that was a big part of my foundation. I absolutely love going in there and just saying like, that's really interesting that I need to listen to that module today. And then I will have an aha moment because as your journey grows, as you grow as a person, you're going to hear things differently. And so something yeah. that I learned two years ago, I, I, I hear in a totally different way today. So it definitely does a service just to tap back into that and just to just to see what else comes up. It's kind of like reading a book that you read 10 years ago. You're going to, you know, have a different view on it this time around. Absolutely. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things. I have it as a, a playlist. So it's a video course, but you can do the audios as well. So you can download the audio. So I have a, I kind of listen to it like a podcast and I'll do like you, I'll just click on what do I want to hear today? And I'll play an hour's worth of content. And every time, even if I've heard it before, I pick up on something new or I remember something that inspired me and that I wanted to do. And so I absolutely love that. And let's go into some of your offerings because you have all of these great courses and you do these incredible events, but um, you've got Align and Arise, you've got Sacred Rising, you've got Soul Biz Mastery, you got High Vibe Live that I was with you for in Ireland. Um, tell us about, you know, what you're doing, how people can work with you, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, so Soul Biz Mastery was a program that I put together with Gabby, and that's a 12-module program that's kind of a combination of deep inner work. And then I also teach women how to build that online business. So that's really for the new entrepreneur. I've ran that a couple of times last year and we're going to dive into it again this year as well. The thing that I love is the live coaching. So I actually have those women on a video call. They get to hear all the other girls' questions. So I'm only working with females at the minute and they get to build a really tight community. It, it just is incredible because I then see those clients going off, having their successes and then forming collaborations with some of the other women so I absolutely love that program and then I do private success days and then I have a higher a much higher level six-month private coaching program which is really for the powerhouse woman who is like me and wants the results and wants to really um shake things up and and really do the deep inner work because there's a lot of I see a lot of really successful women out there who are so caught up in the hustle and the strategy that they're not having any fun. They feel really unfulfilled. And so I, I see it as my mission to, to help bring in the fun and the joy and all of the using the spiritual practices as well, just to help women become even more empowered. And, and that's kind of um, the direction that I'm going in. Again, I'm open, you know, I really want to do more podcasts, more collaborations and, and travel a lot more. So I'm just kind of open to what happens the rest of the year. I love that. I love your openness. I love your high spirit vibe. You know, the the name of your event, High Vibe Live, just like it's just shiny <laughs> in my head. It's so beautiful. And that's just how you roll. That's just how you show up in the world. And I really appreciate that about you. Ever since the day I met you, you were just this gorgeous, 
blonde being of light and I just love that about you (laughs) bring the light yay yes yay and so where can everyone follow you online on social media you can go to lyntaggart.com so it's l-y-n-n-e-t-a-g-g-a-r-t.com and then I have a Facebook group Merkel's success and sisterhood and I'm on Instagram as well Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Lynn. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. All right, Food Heals Nation. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Lynn. And of course, if you're interested in joining Lynn and I on the Spirit Junkie Journal, today is the last day to sign up, spiritjunkienation.com. And to close us out, I just wanted to give you a little taste of what some Spirit Junkie fans have to say about this life-changing course. Roxy, you know what to do. It's the sense of community too. I feel like Gabby is so, her integrity is so high and like attracts like. So she really attracts people who are ready for change and people who are ready for the next step. The community is so supportive. I'm in so many spiritual groups online and this is the only one where I feel like I can post wherever I want to post and there's always gonna be 10 people who are like, you're full of shit, you're amazing. (laughs) Sometimes you need that little ego boost. Sometimes you get some really amazing, amazing guidance. You know, it gave me permission to get back into my heart and to just really realize, you know, a lot of my work at the core is about self-love and helping girls get into their intuition and trust their intuition and to take a stand for that. And I got so much more than just a mentor and fellow spiritual teacher in Gabby. I gained an entire global community of awesome, heart-centered, loving, giving, caring individuals who want to live a miraculous life. And like, who doesn't want that? We will continue to learn the hard lessons until we truly forgive and heal. And so my analysis of what's happening for you is that even though you're hitting your knees, you're, you're picking yourself back up, but you are not inviting spirit to lift you up. You are not necessarily inviting, truly inviting in a presence that is not you to heal you. Okay. Does that resonate with you? It, it does. I wonder if I'm trying. Yes, you are trying way too hard to lift. So do you understand the difference between lifting yourself up and being lifted up? There's a beautiful yeah. message from A Course in Miracles. I, I step back and I let him lead the way. I step back and let him lead the way. And this happened for me. You know, the, one of the key themes throughout this whole weekend that I already know is going to be is, is releasing your will. Because many of us in this room, we already have a God of our own understanding or we're cultivating a relationship to spirit of our own understanding. We, you know, there's a piece of us that really, really believes and then there's a piece of us like, I got this. I got this. We all, I'm doing it. We're all doing it. Okay. And that first step is to true surrender is in humble prayer. Take me, show me, heal me. Make that your mantra daily. Hit your knees. Take me, show me, heal me. Not, I got to pick it up. I got to get it together. I got to show face for my clients. I got to show face for my family. I see you're going like this. I got to show up. I got to do my thing. No. What would you have me do? Heal me. Hope you've enjoyed this spiritual entrepreneur series. We'll be back at you next week with some fun episodes on nutrition, beauty, alternative medicine, and even our vegan Italian getaway. See you next time, Food Heals Nation. 
These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. 